Welcome to the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast. The Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast aims to bring the sermon from our Sunday morning service to you each and every week. Whether you're a longtime follower of Christ or just beginning to explore who Jesus is, we invite you to join us as we dive deep into God's Word and what He has to teach us today. So listen in as we jump into what God has in store. Uh, well, good morning. Good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. It's so great to be together today. A big welcome to everybody here on Franklin Campus. Welcome online campus and all of our campuses. We're live streaming today. And man, we are one church with multiple locations so we can reach people for the gospel. And I love what God's doing in this church. And this morning, we're beginning this brand new series on marriage and dating. And I'm excited about this series because I think it's important for all of us, right? We all want to have a great love life. We all want to thrive in that area. We all know we are created for love. And so each week in the series, we're going to start off with a little interview uh, with somebody on our staff, with a couple on our staff. And I want you to hear a little bit of their story and things that God have been doing in their life. And so Scott and Kathy Kuhn, and they're amazing. And Kathy is our counseling pastor here at Rolling Hills and works with a ton of couples and does an incredible job. And then Scott and Kathy head up our marriage mentors. And so if you're a younger couple and you're looking for mentors, they help you get connected. And it's been incredible to see what God's done through this ministry. And so thank you guys for sharing a little bit of your story today. Hey, tell us how you met. Yeah, so we went to different high schools. And early in high school, we went on a double date. But we were actually with other people on the date. (laughs) And so fortunately, those relationships didn't last long. And... (laughs) A few years later, we met at a summer camp, a Christian camp, and she realized that she had the wrong guy on the double date. (laughs) Clearly, she was hooked. (laughs) That was a long time ago. Uh, Next month will be 29 years we've been married. Uh, We have. Go, there you go. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We have uh, three grown children uh, who are amazing, and an amazing daughter-in-law, and the most precious little grandbaby. Mm, Awesome. Well, Kathy, tell us, what is like the biggest joy and the biggest challenge for you guys in marriage? Uh, Start with the biggest challenge, maybe. Um, The biggest challenge all along has been probably ourselves and Mm -hmm. our own selfishness, being consumers of marriage. What can we get out of it? And that really, really caused a lot of problems for us in the first 10 years. We We got to the point at 10 years that we almost ended up in divorce. Our marriage almost ended. And the Lord just did such an incredible work in our hearts and in our lives and he restored our marriage and so the challenge is probably always been us when we're not walking with the Lord when we get in the way of what the Lord has for us but the joy is what the Lord has done and he's done immeasurably more in our lives he's done immeasurably more in our marriage and you know we've been through highs and lows right we've had things to celebrate and we've had some hard like cancer journeys and significant loss and some other things and just to be able to do that alongside Scott Mm -hmm. and the Lord continue to use those things to grow us in our relationship with him and with one another and then the joy of getting to walk alongside other couples or other individuals who are struggling and and offer them the hope that we had because of what God did in our life wow that's awesome how how have you kept Jesus at the center of your marriage yeah, well, and she kind of referenced this. We haven't always. Uh, we've, we've not always done a good job with that, and we're not perfect at it now. But a couple things that we think are helpful is, one, we, we serve together in different aspects. And so when you put the Lord first and serve together and serve others together, 
at least for me, it helps me get my perspective right about what's important. And it's not me. It's, it's God first and others second and she being a chief among those. But uh, the second thing is I have to have a good relationship with the Lord myself. I need to be in the word. I need to be in some, having some good prayer time. And then we need to be doing that together as a couple as well, like spending some time together in the word and in prayer. Well, we're so thankful for you guys. Thank you for sharing a little bit of your story and thank you for the way you minister to so many of us here at Rolling Hills. And we love you both very much. So great job. Let's give them a hand. So thanks. Way to go. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Kathy. So you're going to hear from a different couple each week and get to know more people on our staff. And I'm excited about this series because it's something for all of us, right? And whether you're single and you're dating or whether you're married or you've been married a short amount of time, you've been married a long amount of time, for all of us, right, we want to have a great love life. And we want to thrive in this area. We want it to be strong and steadfast. And, and that's what God wants for us. Right? I love that Psalm chapter 1, you know, picture where it says like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season whose leaf does not wither and whatever he does prospers. And, and I pray that for all the married couples here. I pray that for your future marriage, right? That it would prosper, that it would bear fruit, that lives would be impacted, and lives would be changed. And so for us to do that, God's way. Now the challenge is we live in this world that bombards us with the world's way. Right? And so all the time we're hearing about what the world says love is. We're hearing about what the world thinks that we ought to do. And whether it's the songs we listen to or the movies that we watch, it's constantly in our ears, it's constantly in our head. Right? You think about that. We've had songs that really defined generations when it comes to love. If you're a kid in this room or a student in this room, Disney's kind of defining that for you, right? Or if you're a parent, you know this song, right? Love is an open door, right? I mean, most people got to have frozen. I've had it, heard it a thousand times, you know, it's like, great, you know, but, but that's what it says, right? Okay, that's love. I love this open a door. If you're a child of the 80s or 90s, you had the sex, drugs, and rock and roll kind of time, you know, it was shot through the heart. You're to blame. You give love a bad name. Okay, thanks, Bon Jovi. Way to go, you know, but that's it. Kind of find a whole generation there, you know, and the way that we saw love, receive love, give love. You know, you see, that's what the world says. If you're a boomer here and you were living there in the 60s and 70s and you had Vietnam and you had Woodstock, it was what the world needs now is love, sweet love, right? You know, that's going to solve it, right? By the world standard. Thank you, Burt Bacharach. You know, so you, you've got this generational impact because the world comes in and knows at the core of every one of us, we want love. At the core of every single person created, we want to be fully loved. And so we're going to look for it some way, somehow. And when you're outside of God's will, boy, you're going to listen to what the world says and think that's how you have to live. That's what you have to do with this person or that person. That's what's going to get you love. And then so many times it just falls apart and you're left going, there's got to be something more. And God says, oh, there is. Oh, there is. Trust me. I want you to have a great love life. I want you to succeed. I want you to prosper. I want you to have deep roots. I want you to bear fruit in season. I want you to have children and grandchildren. I want you to impact generations in whatever you do to prosper. That's what God wants for us. And so I'm excited about this series. I'm gonna challenge you in this series to be here all four weeks because I know it's gonna help. I know it's gonna make a difference because we get inundated by the world and we need to come to God's house and to get into God's word and say, God, how do you want me to love. 
How do you want me to live? How do you want me to make a difference for the glory of God in my day and generation? And it comes down to love. You know, a lot of it's preventative for us. You know, we see Kathy Kuhn does an amazing job as our staff counselor and, and all of our campus pastors. We meet with a lot of couples who are, who are in crisis and, and, and things are really hard. And, and it's, it's a challenge. When you get to that point, you're like, man, it's tough. And, and, but what if we could back it up and work so we don't get to that point? Right? What, what if we could be thriving and healthy, you know, and so we don't have to get that crisis point. Now, there are times of crisis that you need to come, and that's why the church is here, and we've seen God do miracles in some marriages. It's like Scott and Kathy were talking about, man, at 10 years, you hear their story. It's a miracle that they're sitting right there. It's only by the grace of God. But, but what if we can work on some things that are preventative? You know, if you're not feeling good and you go to the emergency room and you're really sick and the doctor says, whoa, wow, you're bad. You know, we're going to have to admit you. And they admit you and then they say, hey, listen, you're, you're in bad shape. I mean, I don't know if you're going to make it. You're like, whoa, what happened? You know, what are you talking about? He says, well, you got really high blood pressure. And you go, well, how did that happen? And he's like, well, let's talk about it, right? Diet, exercise, stress. You know, and you're like, uh, yeah, I, I knew about those things. I didn't do those things. See, the world is going to come in and tell you, hey, eat whatever you want, whenever you want, drink whatever you want, party like a rock star, right? I mean, it's your life. Do whatever you want. Be a workaholic. Be stressed out. And then you go, well, okay, well, I can see where that leads. But the same thing happens emotionally. The same thing happens in our love life. We can either go with the world and then we find ourselves in crisis, or we can say, wait a minute, God, I'm going to trust you. And God, I'm gonna hold on to you. And I'm gonna put biblical principles into my life, into my marriage, into my family, into my dating life that are gonna have a huge impact as I learn to live in love. So if you have a Bible with you today, I invite you up with me to the book of Genesis. Let's go back to where it all started, okay? If you don't have a Bible, there's some Bibles in the back. I'd love for you to grab one. If you need one, it's yours. Free gift from us. Just put your name in it, keep it. Also, if you have a mobile device, you can access the scripture there at the church center app or the rolling hills app right there so pick up genesis chapter 2 genesis chapter 2 so back in the creation narrative right god begins and creates the entire world and it's incredible i mean you just start looking around you're like wow i mean praise god he is amazing and so he starts creating right he said let there be light and he said oh this is so good it's good and then he he creates you know uh the heavens and the earth he creates the land he creates the vegetation it's good it's good it's good and then on the sixth day he creates man he creates adam and he says this is good in fact he says adam you're it's very good very good and then pick up here in verse 15 of chapter 2 the lord god took the man and put him in the garden of eden to work it and to take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. So God says, listen, all of this is yours. I want you to thrive. I want you to prosper. I want you to have a great life. I mean, I've created all these trees and this beautiful garden, but, but just stay away from over that. Just that, that one thing, just, just don't, Go over there. Don't get outside the boundaries. It will impact you. We'll find out next week what happens with that, okay? But here we go. The Lord said, it is not good for the man to be alone. The only place in the entire creation narrative where God says something is not good is for man to be alone. Now we know that. 
We know that, right? Boy, COVID showed us that too. The isolation, the impact. We need each other. We need community. God said, it's not good for man to loan. And then God says this, I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky and the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and he brought her to the man. Now that's amazing, isn't it? So God takes a rib. It wasn't out of the, a bone out of the foot where the man rules over the woman. It wasn't out of the head where the woman rules over the man. It was out of the rib. It was a side, a partnership, a helper, a companion, an equal. Here she is. And the man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And she shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother is united to his wife and they will become one flesh. Intimacy, one. Leaving, right, the father and mother, that, that other big relationship, but, but leaving and cleaving to the wife. The two become one flesh. And Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. They felt no shame. We saw this in the heaven series that, that one day, right, it'll all be made right again. One day we'll feel no shame before God, a relationship with him before one another. We'll be in perfect relationship. But they were in that perfect relationship there right then. And you think how sweet, how special, how wonderful walking with God in the cool of the day. How amazing to be in right relationship in their marriage, being fully known and fully loved. And it's what we all want. And then Genesis 3 and the sin and the fall, we'll see next week. But all of a sudden the world starts going, hey, do it this way. Get outside of God's boundaries. Get outside of that. And you just figure it out on your own. Let me tell you what it is. And boy, man's been dealing with it ever since. Our relationships have been dealing with it ever since. And yet God's inviting us. God's inviting you to succeed in this area, to have a great love life, to flourish and to prosper. That's what God wants for each of us. Oh, praise be to God. Hey, if you're taking notes today, here's some things I'd love for you to write down. If you've got a worship guide, if you've got uh, your phone, you can pull out your phone and you can take notes there as well. But here's some things I would love for you to understand today from God's word. Number one is this, that God created love, right? God, it was God's idea, okay? I mean, when God was making the whole thing, when God was creating the whole thing, God's the one that did this. It wasn't the world and the world's thoughts and the world's ideas and other people's thoughts. It was God. It was God. Look at this passage of scripture in 1 John. 1 John, now 1 John was written by the apostle John. Okay, James and John, two brothers that followed Jesus, were disciples, followed Jesus for three years. And these guys, when they first came to Jesus, woo, I mean, they were pretty hardcore, okay? I mean, they were called the sons of thunder, I mean, there was a couple of times where they were like, hey, Jesus, these people aren't listening to us. Let's just rain down fire from heaven and take them out. And Jesus is like, what? You know, like, what are you doing? But after they were with Jesus, following, trusting, and later on leaders in the church, here's what John writes. 
in the latter part of his life. He says, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. I love that our God is a God of love. I just got to tell you, everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God. Why? Because God is love. He is love. He's the essence. So if we want to know what love is, man, we need to know God. Because the fact is we all want real love. We don't want something shallow. We don't want people bouncing in our lives or out of our lives. We don't want one-night stands. We don't want any of that stuff. We, we don't. You know, maybe it looks great in a movie on Netflix or something. And we think, okay, that's the way everybody's doing it. That must be it. And then you realize emotionally it wrecks you. Spiritually, it impacts you, right? Physically, it impacts you. I mean, there's all kinds of things. We go, wait, I don't want, I want real love. I want people who know me and care about me. I want people who are going to be there for me. I want a spouse who's going to love me. I want that. I want a great love now and a great love in the future. But there is a big difference. Don't miss it. There is a big difference between what the world calls love and God's way. There is a big difference. You see, the world says love is sex, right? Let's make love. We're going to make it. We're going to create it right there. And that's the way the world defines it. That's the pinnacle. That's it. That's where it stops. Now think about this. God created sex. Way to go, God. I mean, that's pretty amazing, right? You know, right there. And in the confines of marriage, Praise God. That's what he said. I want you to enjoy it. The two become one flesh. It's amazing and it's wonderful. There, you get outside those boundaries. Whew. You get outside, everybody knows, right? Impact, the devastation, the brokenness, the hurt, the pain. And he's like, why? But that's what the world's going to constantly invite us to. And it's heartbreaking. You know, the pornography industry today, it's one of the largest industries in the world. It's growing. It's billions and billions and billions of dollars. And it comes in a praise, especially on men. Guys, we're vulnerable. You have to watch what you watch. You have to watch what you watch because you start putting those images in your head and it takes root there. It takes root. Stop. Stop. See, here's what the world does. The world tries to sell us a cheap imitation of love. It's called lust. It's called lust. And lust is I must have it now. I'm not willing to wait. Lust is what can you do for me? How can you make me feel? You exist for me, right? Uh, the world says love is love. Do whatever you want with whoever you want, whenever you want, right? Oh, it's fine. It's love, right? And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Time out. We've all seen it. <laughs> Here's what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches God is love. God is love. God, you look, right? What can I do for you? <laughs> What can I do for you? How can I bless you? How can I care about you? How can I put you before me? Whoa, game changer, totally different. That's what you begin to see and begin to know. And you go, wait a minute, what do I want in my life? So do you love the world's way or do you love God's way? Do you love the world's way or do you love God's way? There was an article in the Tennessean just like two weeks ago. And this just blew me away. I got to tell you guys. January 24th, 2024. So I'm we just talking just a couple weeks. And it says from Nashville, Tennessee, a new study shows Tennesseans are looking to end their marriages more than any other Americans. 
National law firm Schmidt and Clark analyzed more than 300,000 Google searches and found Tennesseans average 141 Google searches about divorce per 100,000 residents, which is 40% more than the national average. What? I just read that, I was heartbroken. I was like, you, you've got to be kidding me. That's us, that's our state, that's where we live. That's not California, that's not New York. That's not, you know, people out there. I mean, that's right here. It matters. It makes a difference. I also read a stat the other day that said this. People who go to church are 27 to 50% less likely to get a divorce than those who don't. You think it impacts? Oh, yeah. Why? Because we're bombarded by the, what the world says. We're bombarded. I mean, every song we listen to, every movie we watch, it's coming at us 24-7. It's all the time. It's saying, oh, the grass is greener. Oh, get a trophy. Oh, she's pretty. You got this. You got that. Do it the world's way. He's cute. He's hot. She's popular. I want to go out with her. And God's saying, stop. Stop. Trust me in this. I know. I created it. I want you to thrive. I want it to be great and deep and rich and amazing. Do you know the top three causes of divorce in the United States? Number one is problems over faith. <laughs> How crazy is that? Problems over faith, but you think about it, right? You get married and, you know, the person, one person is a believer and the other one's not. And you're like, I want to go to church. I don't want to go to church. You know, I, I, I want to raise my kids in the Lord. I want my kids to go to this school or that. You know, and you're like, tension. Now, maybe you're in that boat, but I want to tell you, Pray. <laughs> pray. But if you're in dating time, look for somebody who's a believer. Say, wait a minute, I, I'm not going to go with what the world. I'm, I want somebody who's pursuing the Lord. I want somebody who's passionate about the Lord. I want somebody who wants to grow in their faith. Problems over faith. Number two in America, problems over money. Problems over money. Now, I know there's no marriage here that has problems over money. Ha, right? You know, like everyone, right? Because usually there's a spender and a saver in most marriages. We're going to get into that in the next couple of weeks. But here's the thing. How do we talk about that? How do we deal with that? Because God wants us to thrive, even financially. God wants us to do that right and to do that well. The third main cause of divorce in America is this problems over sexual misconduct. And it's heartbreaking. And it happens all the time. And you just watch the news, you go on social media and you can see politician, pastors, teachers, and people who think, man, they would never do that. But what happened? Those seeds started planting. The world starts getting in and over time. And listen, you're not immune. If you think you're a day, you're like, oh, that'll never happen to me. That'll never, you know, oh, wait, no, 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 no. I'm telling you, listen, you got to watch what you watch. You got to guard what goes into your mind. You got to, well, listen, man, you, you are, you're visually stimulated. So those things, those images that you let in, women, you're more emotionally stimulated. So those relationships that you have, oh, well, he says I'm pretty. Oh, he's so nice and he's so kind and I don't get any attention at home. You've got to put up boundaries, but God says, I want it to be good. I want it to be right. Just trust me in this. Guys, God wants it to be fantastic in your life. Would you trust him? Here's the thing. God defines love for us. God defines love for us. God wants us to know. God wants us to do it right. John continues here in 1 John. He says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. 
Here's how God showed us what love is. I'm going to send my son for you. I'm going to send my son to die for you. This is love. Not that we love God. We didn't even take the initiative. God took the initiative. God came to us. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Praise be to God. Do you know you're loved? Do you know that God loves you so much that he gave his one and only son for you? For you. You are that special to him. And that's why he wants you to have a great life. He wants you to have the best life. Now here's the struggle that we have. See, in English, we only have one word for love. And so we throw it around a lot. We are like, man, I love pizza. And I love my wife. You know, yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's like, what? You know, oh yeah, I mean, I love the Titans. Oh, they're my team, you know, it's been a tough year. But yeah, I mean, I love them, right? You know, and I love my kids. I love my kids. Yeah, I just love, you know, like, what? You know, but that's what we do. We just have that. Now in Greek, right? New Testament written in Greek, four different words for love because they knew there's got to be some depth here, right? They knew. So four different words. First one is this, storage. And storage is affection. It's affection. You know, man, I, I just, man, I love my friends. These are my brothers, man. We're, we're there, right? We care for one another. We pray for one another. These are my sisters. We're, I, I, just, I just love, I love, you know, my friends. I love, you know, my, my pets. I love my job. I love, you know, it, it's affection, those things out there. The second is Philo. And Philo is family, family. Now we know there's a whole deeper level of love there when you get to family, right? When you talk about your kids, I remember when we had our first child, Grace, and we're in the hospital and, and they placed that little baby in my arms. <laughs> you guys know, right? If you're a parent in here, you know. You, I'm holding this little baby and I'm looking at her and I'm thinking she could do nothing for me. I mean, I know all she's going to do is cry and poop for a few years. Right? You know, like it's going to be hard. She's not going to do anything for me. You know? But I'm telling you, I would give my life for her right here, right now. I mean, there was a love that I can't even, I can't even just tell you about. It's indescribable. God created that. And the Bible's like, there is a family, there is a love that you have that goes deep into your heart. Then eros. Eros is where we get the word erotic. And that word is never used in the New Testament. <laughs> That word's used by the world a lot. But then the fourth one, agape. And agape love is unconditional. And that's the deepest of all. That is that kind of love I will sacrifice, I will give, I will love. That agape kind of love. Now, which word do you think that is being used in the scripture when God's talking about love? Agape. Which word do you think that God's calling us to? Agape. So how are you growing in your relationship with God? How are you personally? Not, you know, well, they need to do this or they got to do that or they got to get their act together. No, 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 no. You, how are you growing in your relationship with God? Because that impacts everything else. Start here, start here. I, I remember several years ago, I was out with a buddy and, and uh, we were out and then this coworker was there. And she came up and he was like introducing me and he's like, hey, this is my pastor, you know, which is always funny to get the reaction like, oh, the pastor's here, you know, here's the pastor. And she looked at me and she's like, oh, you're a pastor? She said, I need you to pray for me. And I was like, okay, I can do that, right? I'll pray for you. And I said, what do you want me to pray for you for? She says, I need a man. Just pray for him. 
I need a man. And I'm like, wow, that's bold, right? Okay. <laughs> you know, but, but here you go, girl. You know, it's so like, I said, well, okay, I'll, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you to have a man, right? And I was like, oh, you know, what's going on in your life? And she said this. She said, well, I just went through a divorce. And I said, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm so sorry. And she's like, yeah, it was, it was hard, but I'm moving on. And I just need a man. I, you know, that, I mean, I just need, and she said it like multiple times. And I'm like, okay, okay. And I said, well, uh, I'll be praying, you know, just for the right guy for you. And then she said, yeah, well, that was my third divorce. And I said, listen, I'm not going to pray for you to have a man. <laughs> I'm going to pray for you to meet Jesus because you don't need a man, you need Jesus. And she just kind of looked at me and I said, listen, I'm just telling you, you're trying to fill your heart with a man. You're trying to fill your heart with somebody who's gonna satisfy you and you're not gonna find him out there. And you're gonna go from relationship to relationship to relationship. What you need is Jesus. What you need is to give your heart, your life to him and then allow him to provide the right person for you. Let's start there. And by God's grace, I mean, it was only God's grace, right? She started coming to church, she gave her life to Christ. It's been amazing to see what God's done in her life and in her story of redemption. But I think that's what happens so many times. Let's be honest. You know, if I just had a boyfriend, oh, everything would be okay. If I just had a girlfriend, if I could just get married, if I, if I could just get remarried, you know, if I could get remarried again, then everything is gonna be right. Everything's gonna be perfect. And everybody here who's married is like, yeah, right, you know, because, I mean, there's challenges, there's struggle. You take two imperfect people and you put them together and you think, oh, man, everything's going to be perfect. And you go, whoa, wait a minute, let me start with God. Let me get this relationship right first, okay? And not think everybody else out there is going to complete me. Let me let him complete me first. Where are you in your relationship with God? Are you growing there? See, who you marry then is the second most important decision of your life. It's the second most important decision of your life. Start here, your relationship with God, then who you marry. Because who you marry, right? I mean, until death do us part. I mean, you're, you're in it. And what happens though many times is this. A, a man, a woman, they come to the altar. I do a lot of weddings. I love it. It's awesome. It's special. It's beautiful, you know, and, and you see that. You see that the doors open and that, and that groom standard just starts to ball. It's so beautiful. You know, it's a holy moment, two becoming one. I mean, it is beautiful. And you see that, but then what happens a lot of times is like, I do, I do, and the guy's like, great, I did, check. Now let me go on a career. <laughs> Because I got to make money. I got to support you. I got to support our family. And so, boom, they're off onto career. And the wife's like, great, we're married. Uh, you just kind of checked out. How about kids? Let's go to kids. And the next thing you know, it just kind of starts to drift apart. Guys traveling all the time, you know, doing all this, caught up. And the woman's all about the, the kids and all that's going on. And they're just like, what happened? So you got to keep the priorities. Your priority is this. As a Christ follower, here's your priorities, right? Number one, God. <laughs> Keep your personal relationship with him. Be growing in him. You heard Scott and Kathy talk about that. How do you keep Jesus at the center? Growing in the Lord, being at church, being in God's word, taking that daily step. The second is your spouse. Second is your spouse. And here's where we get in trouble, right? We put our career over God. We put our career over spouse. We put kids over spouse. And the husband's like, wow, you're, you're not ever there emotionally because you're with the kids all the time and here I am and I need and it happens for all, all of us. God first, spouse second, then kids, 
your kids. And then I'm gonna put church. <laughs> I think you get inundated by the world, man, we need church, we need community. And then five career. I'll just tell you this, somebody else can do your job. <laughs> Nobody else can be dad to your kids or husband to your wife. That is your call. That is your ministry. That's your heart. Same thing, ladies. Listen, that's where we've got to press in. And we've got to say, I'm going to trust God in this. And I know it's not easy. I mean, two imperfect people, and we're going to give you practical tips over the next three weeks. We're going to help. If you need counseling, get it. We would love to help you in that area. But man, keep those priorities straight. Because when we get outside of God's bounds, what tends to happen? So here's the thing. Love is the evidence of our relationship with God. Love is the evidence of our relationship with God. When people look at us, do they say, oh man, they're just like the world. <laughs> or when people look at us, when people look at our marriage, do they go, whoa, wow, there's something different there. John continues, he says this, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Look at what God's done for you. Now you love that way. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. See, love is more than an emotion. Now it elicits an amazing emotion, right? But it's more than that. Emotions come and go. But love is this consistency. Love is what you do. Sometimes we talk about love that way. We're like, well, I don't know what happened. I just kind of fell in love. Right, I was like walking along and fell in a hole. You know, it was just like, I don't know. I mean, you know, I just fell in. But see, if you start talking like that, then what happens? Then you go, well, I don't know what happened. I just fell out of love. I really don't love her anymore. <laughs> I just don't love him anymore. You know, it's like the flame's gone out. I don't know, whatever. No, 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 no. Listen, listen, love is a choice. It's a choice. You choose to love or you choose not. And all of us have to come to that point in our lives. Am I going to choose to love? Am I going to choose to love them? Here's the fact. Just live in love. Guys, this is our call as disciples. To live your life in love. To forgive, to offer grace, to offer mercy, to love unconditionally. That agape love. And it starts, you know where a great marriage starts? Now. A great marriage starts now. That means if you're dating, who you date. That means what you look for. That means how you prepare your own heart in your own life. If you're married, it starts now. I know we've all probably had issues in the past, just like Scott and Kathy talked about. But you know what? You move past that and you move forward in love. You're different. Jesus was talking to the church in Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2. And he says, church, you're doing a lot of great things. It's amazing. You know, your hard work, your perseverance. And then he says in verse 4, yet I hold this against you. Wow, that's pretty strong, right? I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. You've forsaken the love you had at first. You remember when you first fell in love with God? <laughs> remember when you first gave your life to Christ? You remember how excited you were? You couldn't wait to be at church. You couldn't wait to bring your notebook. You couldn't wait to take notes. You couldn't wait to be baptized. You couldn't wait to invite your friends. And then what happens sometimes we start to drift, right? He's like, whoa, do you remember right when you first got married? You're so in love. Write little notes, you know, send little texts. You bring flowers home. You'd go on dates. You would do these things. You'd be like, ah, oh, what happened? 
He says, listen, consider how far you've fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. Repent means you're going one way. You stop, you turn around and you come back. Do what you did at first. You see, here's the thing, right? Feelings follow actions. It's not the other way around. We always think, well, you know what? I'm gonna get, you know, these great tingly feelings and all this. You start acting that way, those feelings will come. You start getting excited about worship. You start getting excited about God's word. You start getting excited in your relationships. And I'm telling you, those feelings will come. Are you growing in your love for God and for others? You know, I gotta tell you, church, uh, it's been a hard two weeks here at Rolling Hills. We've had four funerals, four funerals in the last two weeks. From a 23-year-old, 40-year-old, 57 and 63. And we're not talking old. We're talking like right now. We're talking with major, most of us. And I just want to tell you this. It's not about how much money you have. It's not about what kind of car you drive. It's not about what your career is. It's all about how you love. It's how you love the people around you. It's how you love God. It's how you live your life for the things that matter. We get one opportunity, guys, one opportunity in life. And we can run after the things of this world and think they're gonna satisfy, and they just don't. Or we could just say, God, for however long I'm on this earth, God, I wanna live my life for you. If I need help, I wanna get it. If I wanna talk, I wanna pray, I wanna bless. There's a God who loves you. There's a God who will never leave you. There's a God who will never forsake you. There's a God who's drawn you close to his heart. Would you trust him today? Would you experience his love today? Maybe today you just go, God, I need your grace. I'm hurting. It's hard. God, I need to know you're with me. Maybe it's hard in your marriage. Maybe it's hard in your dating life. Maybe you just want to compromise sometimes. And God's going, trust me. I've got you. I love you. I'll never let you go. You're forever mine. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. Would you say, God, today search my heart. God, I want to be a person of love. I don't know how long I have here, but God, I want it to count. Maybe today, right now, where you sit, you go, Jesus, I need to start with you. I've been thinking it was a man. I've been thinking it was a boyfriend or a girlfriend that was going to satisfy Jesus. I know today it's you. You alone are the one who will complete me. So Jesus, forgive my sins. I repent. I turn from the wicked ways and I come back to you. Maybe today, just be honest with God. And say, God, I've been blaming somebody else. I've been blaming my boyfriend, my girlfriend, I've been blaming my spouse, I've been blaming the world, but, but God, start with me. <laughs> Let me have a hunger for your word. Let me grow deeper in you. Maybe today, just go, God, I confess pornography. It's got a hold of me, and I need help. I gotta stop. And God, there's things that I know that are eroding my capacity for intimacy, and God, I, today I confess it, I repent. God, I wanna thrive, I wanna prosper. I want to do it your way.
So Father God, meet us in this moment. I pray today that God, you would turn our eyes upon Jesus, that we would see you, that we would know that you love us and that God, we are called to live out that love. So let us respond to you right now in our hearts and our spirits, in our lives, in our dating life, in our marriage, for your name and for your glory. That's in the name of Jesus we pray and we worship right now. Amen, amen. Thank you for listening to the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast. Be sure to share this episode with any friends and family who may benefit from it. And make sure you subscribe to be notified so you never miss a sermon. If you want to learn more about Rolling Hills, download Church Center, our Rolling Hills app, follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. The Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast is a part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in.